0: Different areas which could be also considered brand defense, but not through any of the ads. One is the newer widget, the newer version widget. If you can apply for that, that's going to push down the ad. And also uh, virtual bundles, right? If you add your virtual bundles, that whole carousel is going to go across.
1: 100, 100, 100.
0: Hey everyone, it's Norm Ferrar, a.k.a. The Beard Guy here, and welcome to another Lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon FBA podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics, and that's how to boost sales and cut costs with brand defense campaigns. We don't talk about it enough. In fact, I think this is the first time we're talking about it on the podcast. So what exactly are brand defense campaigns? We're going to be talking about the three main types of brand defense and what uh, what's the campaign, what and how campaign sellers should set them up. All right, welcome to another lunch with Norm, the e-commerce and Amazon <coughs> FBA podcast. Okay, like I said, we're gonna be talking about how to boost sales and cut costs with brand defense campaigns. Our guest is the CEO of the Sophie Society. He first stepped into uh, the e-commerce realm after a spinal injury inspired him to create a brand of spinal health products. He designed his own products and built his uh, personal care brand into a multi-million dollar success on Amazon. He's also facilitated over 2,500 product launches while helping more than 500 brands dominate Amazon's U.S., EU, and uh, Japanese markets. And I'm talking about my buddy, Chris Rawlings. So we'll be joining Chris in a second, but let's have a word from our sponsor first. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by VAA Philippines. Looking for a high quality virtual assistant for your business? With the rigorous screening, intensive Amazon and Walmart training, and ongoing professional development, get the peace of mind with skill and motivated virtual assistants for a long-term working relationship. Hire through VAA today. And now let's get back to the show. And welcome, Mr. Rawlings.
2: What's up, guys? What's up, guys? I'm here. Let's go. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) The energy today.
0: Yeah. Now people don't realize that we we are kind of bonded. You're kind of. Yeah, because like if you turn around, you've got hair on your head, long, long. Man bun hair, there we go. I mean, I might as
2: well take it down at this point.
0: And you're the only guy that I've had a picture using your hair on top of my head and my beard. Now, I don't know where that picture got to, but I still have it. You still have it. it. Oh my god,
2: I should have pulled it up prior to this, but yes, I do hold that honor. I'm the only man in history to have had Norm wear my hair on his head. Now, it happened
0: very late at night in a bar. So,
2: (laughs) yes. And I have a feeling it'll happen again next time we hang out. Uh,
0: It might. Yeah, you who knows? (laughs) But it was pretty funny. Depends Uh,
2: on how the night goes, right?
0: Yes, exactly. So we're going to be talking about this brand defense. And, you know, this is something that a lot of Amazon sellers have heard about, but they don't know about. So I think this is a really great topic. And I sounded really Canadian there with the abouts, but, uh, you know, I try to hold those back.
2: I wasn't going to call you out on it, but you did. So,
0: well, here we go. Okay. So brand defense, first of all, what exactly is it?
2: Well, brand defense is keeping other competitors from basically stealing your traffic, which is what we do to our competitors, right? When we're doing really good brand offense campaigns and ACE and targeting campaigns. Um, but people don't realize how deep the science of brand defense really is. Um, you know, just to give everyone an example, get everyone on the same page. If I go to my listing and then I scroll down and I see sponsored products related to this product and I see one of my other listings, that is a brand defense campaign. I'm advertising one of my listings on one of my other listings. So it's like a friendly ad. Um, I'm like, quote unquote, stealing traffic from myself. Um and the reason it's so powerful is, and this is the crazy thing is a lot of brands don't do this because they think, oh, like I already have the traffic, why would I, why would I pay for it? There's a lot of ways to do brand defense we're gonna get into like the three main types. Um, but it's so powerful because you it's the only ad type on Amazon where you actually get a double benefit. And the reason you get a double benefit is this, like'll I'll use a, um, I'll use like a, a thought experiment for this. So think of this. So imagine your listing. Well, okay. So here's the thought experiment. Imagine your listing, you know, owned by Amazon, not you, right? Jeff Bezos owns the the listing. You get to determine some of the content on the listing, but Mm -hmm. not nearly all of it. You know, Jeff gets to choose what your listing looks like. It's not like a website where you choose at all. You get to upload some content and then Jeff Bezos, that is, has the final say, right? So imagine you go to your listing and instead of all the spots where it would be advertising someone else's listing, it's just a blank square or just the Amazon logo, right? Personally, I would pay for that. I would pay to just remove all the competitors off my listing and have dead space there. Even if it looked awkward or if it it was advertising Amazon themselves, you'd pay just for that, right? to remove competitors from your listing. That's already one benefit and we would pay for it just to keep competitors that advertising their products that they think are better, maybe they're higher rated or have more reviews or whatever, keep our shoppers that have already landed on our listing from clicking off. But when we do brand defense campaigns, we actually get a double benefit because not only are we keeping competitors from taking that spot and keeping them from stealing our sales, we also give the shoppers an opportunity to buy our other products. So instead of just blank space, we actually get to advertise our products. And if they click on, they might buy that product too. So you actually get a double benefit. You get to keep from losing a sale that you would have that someone from someone that's already on your listing or already searching your branded search terms. And you get possibly an additional sale from it. So it's the only ad type on Amazon where you get a double benefit from it. But the first benefit is unseen you don't see it in the results because when you look at your data all you see is a cost right units sold you don't see the opportunity cost of what would have happened otherwise when a competitor would have stolen your product so that's why people get mixed up with this you can't measure it the same way that you would measure a normal campaign it's not just about the a cost that you hit it's not just about the sales that you get it's about the sales that you kept your competitors from getting it's about the sales that you would have lost from the listing they had already landed on from clicking a whole different ad or an organic search term. So and it's very difficult to measure that but but that is the case. So you get a a total double benefit from it, which is why it's so powerful.
0: Yeah, you know it's uh when we talk about brand defense, I've talked to some of my clients about it and I hear, "Oh, it's so expensive." You know, "Oh, mm-hmm. I can't afford it." Well, Common. it's not the right answer. No. You know you can't not afford to do it. Exactly. It's it's the best real
2: estate on Amazon you can get, and people. Uh, I mean, most sellers that we work with, because we we do PPC for for uh, brands that partner with us to to take over their PPC. I haven't come across one that had it set up properly yet. When we, really, yeah, because there's there's multiple different types of brand defense, right? The first like broad category uh way that you can section it off is keyword defense and ace and defense Mm -hmm. those are like the two really big buckets so keyword defense we talk about that first right someone searches if i have a brand and it's chris's bluetooth headphones that's the name of the brand chris's bluetooth headphones my keyword defense is advertising on search to show up top of search with my ads When someone searches specifically for my brand, this is where you know brand owners go, hell no, they're already searching for me. Why would I pay for that click? I get it for free. They're searching for me. Obviously, they're going to find me. But the problem with that line of reasoning is that some portion of them are being taken away by your competitors. And again, this is an unseen loss. You can't measure this. You you don't really know how many people are searching for your brand and, and organically and then not looking at you and clicking a competitor's ad. So inside keyword defense, um, you want to own as many of those ad spots as you possibly can. And there's a lot, right? So there's sponsored product ads that show up in keyword uh, search terms. And that's like the first few sponsored results that look like regular organic listings. Uh, that That's like the main keyword defense. But then there's also sponsored brand keyword targeted defense, where you're showing your own video for your own Branded search terms. And there's even sponsored display defense. So you want to have it all. And, you know, it's actually the same thing once you get into ASIN land, where you want to have as many of these placements as possible. Because Amazon has come out with so many placements recently. In the last two years, Hmm. I mean, the ecosystem has like fractally grown like a tree, you know, like every branch became like five branches. So now, you know, on a listing, you can have sponsored brand video ads, sponsored display video ads, sponsored display custom image ads. And um, there are competitors that are doing brand offense on our listings that are targeted specifically to get them off of our particular listing. And this is why, like, once you start getting into the ninja PPC stuff, you start seeing what people are doing to you. Because, you you know, once you get into like the tactics that are like almost evil, you know, like I'll give you an example. I can create a custom image sponsored display ad that only highlights one feature of my product that I know some portion of my competitors don't have, but that my shoppers highly value. And we have an example of this with a, a garments company where we showed how it packs. And there are other ones that don't pack this way. Hmm. And we used a custom image ad only targeting the other ASINs in our, in our competitive landscape that don't do it. And we absolutely cleaned up. We had to split test a number of different images to get it right, but we totally cleaned up once we nailed it because we know that it's what shoppers value. So, and I mean, that sucks for them, right? Because they paid the expensive top of search click to get a shopper onto their listing, and now they're on their turf, and th- their only job is to sell with their listing content to get them to actually buy, and we just sniped them for a cheap click, a cheap like ASIN targeted uh, sponsor display click. So we made them pay the high cost per click by advertising top of search, win the click, and then once they were on the listing, we just pulled them off with like a, a you know a much cheaper click and uh and got them onto our listing so it sucks for them great for us we can end up with a really low a cost sales if you really nail this this custom creative but if that brand had good sponsored defense going on we wouldn't be able to do this right if they were as long as they were you know showing and placing and, and had the right bits
0: you know as you were uh talking about these three different types uh i started thinking about uh two different areas, which could be also considered brand defense, but not through any of the ads. One is the newer widget, the newer version widget. If you can apply for that, that's going to push down the ad and also uh, virtual bundles, right? If you add your virtual bundles, that whole carousel is going to go across and those sponsored ads go below the fold. So uh, ha- have you ever thought about that?
2: Norm I don't know if something cosmic happened when you wore my hair or we just like my we mind melded like avatars when they're like tentacles meet or something but you literally took the words out of my mouth and that that's a hundred percent right this is where like we think of things very differently inside my company we actually run a, a a weekly PPC mastermind where we spend two hours going over all our accounts and going over new strategies that we're testing and stuff like that and for us we don't have a clear line between what is technically ppc and what's not like it's it's strange for people when they get into our ecosystem to hear us talk because when we're talking brand defense we will blur ppc brand defense with organic brand defense and that is one of the strategies the two of the strategies that you just mentioned virtual bundles actually takes up a lot in some some categories it takes up most of the screen mm-hmm. it's like a huge portion of the screen and you're pushing people out and i actually i don't know can i share screen on this or no
0: yeah you can okay, uh all cool. you have to do is click present and then Got share it. screen
2: yeah because i have a cool visual that i created for this i happen to have it up i wasn't planning to do this but i happen to happen to happen to have it up here so um i'll show you why this is so powerful now just let me know when you can see my screen
0: All right. We see it. Now, you're going to have to describe it because this is mostly a podcast.
2: Yeah. So I'll I'll describe it. I'll describe it for the people who are just listening. So what we're looking at here is uh, I manually exported one full scroll of a listing top to bottom. Okay. And I cut it into four sections and put the sections next to each other because it's too long to really see. Like a listing is very, very long. So I cut it up into four sections, put the sections next to each other. There's section one, two, three, and four. And together, they make one whole listing, top to bottom. And what I've done here is I've highlighted all the sections that don't belong to the brand, that are selling another brand's products, or in some other way, like you know, trying to get people off the brand. And this, I actually intentionally chose a brand that's doing well. So there are listings that are much, much worse than this with way more, a greater percentage of, the, of their um, their listing selling people on other products. But you know, for those of you that are just listening, it's a lot of sections. It's a total of four just on the first scroll. And then there's none on the second scroll because most of it is A-plus content, which mm-hmm. is owned. And this gets to the point that you are making, Norm. Then on the third scroll, there's two sections and one of them is huge. It's one full screen plus. Uh, so it's like about one and a half full desktop screens. And then on the fourth scroll, it's, again, a huge section uh, that includes like four subsections with, uh, with about two full desktop screens worth of scrolling. So it's a huge amount of the listing. People don't really realize how much of your listing is actually selling other people's products. It's a huge portion of it. And Amazon is incentivized to have your listing sell other people's products because they want people to shop around and find the best option but that's not what we want, right? We want people to find our option, not not any other option but ours. So so, uh, yeah, so what this shows you is uh, that the more we can kind of cramp out these sections, the greater the likelihood that a randomly scrolling shopper on our listing is landing on content that's selling our product and not someone else's. And so what you just said is super powerful, the bundles, um, and there are actually a lot of sections like that on the listing. There's the bun- the virtual bundles. There's the frequently bought together section.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: There's the A plus content, and there's a specific part of the A plus content that I'll come back to. There's the brand story module, and again, there's a specific way to do the brand story module to do excellent brand defense, and I'll get back to that as well. Um, and so those are the main the, the main organic ways to bump it out. And then there are all of these ways inside Amazon advertising to bump it out, which is sponsored display, sponsored brand ads, and sponsored product ads. And in, even inside those, there are multiple ways, like sponsored display, custom image ads, sponsored display video ads, sponsored brand video ads, sponsored brand uh, custom image ads, um, and then obviously your sponsored product, ASIN targeting ads. So... There's so many ways to do brand defense, and this is why I said what I haven't yet, out of the hundreds of brands that we work with, seen a single brand that had this nailed when they came into our ecosystem because there's there's really a lot to it. But it's so worth it because once you set it up once, you get that double benefit forever.
0: Yeah, this is uh, completely different than what most sellers have set up or realize.
2: Yeah, Exactly. Yeah, and so to stay on the topic of this organic way to do brand defense, one of the best ways to do this is by utilizing the product carousel module inside A-plus content. And this brand is actually doing this. If I zoom in here, you can see it, but they're not doing it well because this product carousel section could take up way more space. Yeah, And the, the concept that we're trying to advance here is you have to think about your shopper landing on your listing almost as though it's like a monkey randomly scrolling on, on their phone. 75% or more of, of the traffic on your listing is from mobile, first of all. So keep that in mind. This is actually a desktop scroll. But um, if you guys are going to do this analysis on your own listing at home... I would recommend doing it with the mobile version because that's where most of the traffic is coming from. So, when people scroll on their phones, they don't scroll chronologically from top to bottom and read everything on the listing. If you watch someone scrolling on their phone, it looks like they're schizophrenic or something. You know, they flick their thumb and they they skip everything and they scroll all the way down and they see the reviews. And then they flick back up and they skip a bunch of stuff and then they land somewhere by tapping their thumb again in the middle of the listing. And it's like uh, in probability theory what or, or in chaos theory what they call the random walk hypothesis. It's like uh, a drunk guy walking down a hallway and randomly like walking into doors. It's not like this chronological thing. So it's basically you're dealing with probabilities, you want to increase the probability that a random scrolling shopper will land on content that is selling your product versus someone else's product. And one of the best ways to do that is simply to take up more space on your own listing. And so one of the coolest ways to do that inside A-plus content is this brand carousel module. And the cool thing about this brand carousel module, this is one of the modules inside your A-plus content, is that it creates these mini listings. These are actually clickable mini listings with the primary image and a headline. And this section, which they just have as three checkboxes, that can actually be also a mini listing, like text for the mini listing. You can set up this comparison table any way you want, and you can have over a half dozen different fields. Um, And you can put text in there, not just checkboxes. So you can actually craft a tiny miniature listing for six or more of your products and sell them on your your listing for free. It's basically like free Amazon PPC advertising when you do this because, I mean, the shopper doesn't know the difference between an ad and this. Looks the same to them, right? It's just a product with the title and a description. It's like, okay, they're just as likely to click on this as they are an ad. So it's basically like free brand defense doing this.
0: You know, uh, Chris, I saw like that carousel we were just looking at, I was just looking for a travel router. Okay. And the, the company I was looking at had all different versions and they did a horrible job. It just a horrible job. So all it was were these square, you know, what a travel router looks like. It's just a square router. And anyways, they were all, I said, anyways, too many, Kelsey, you got to keep, You got to keep track of those. We're tracking how many times they say anyways in a podcast. So there he
1: goes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right, Kels. So there are these square routers and they had a series of about four or five of them and they were the same size and had their models underneath each one. And they had question or not questions, but a little bit of text, but who the hell knew what this was about? It, they didn't sell. They had an opportunity to upgrade. I was looking at the lowest quality one that was uh, on their listing. Mm. I was trying to find the best. I wanted to spend more money. I wanted them. Mm. And I could not tell off of that comparison. And this is a larger company. And I couldn't believe who said, who must've set this up was missing out on a major, major, uh, you know, opportunity to sell more of their product.
2: That's pretty crazy, right? It's, it's actually funny as some of the biggest brands on Amazon are doing the worst with some of these strategies, (laughs) which is like, you know, sometimes I'm kind of grateful for that. I'm like, okay, All right, good. Still, still room for the nimble, you know, medium-sized brands to really like gain footholds here because so much of, of. Amazon's results and like ranking uh, listings are are not fully optimized.
0: Right. Okay. We are exactly at the bottom of the hour. And uh, if you're listening for the first time, I see we have a bunch of listeners. If this is your first time, we always have a prize, a giveaway at the top of the hour called the Wheel of Kelsey. Um, if you're interested in joining today, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey. Tag two people. You'll get a second entry. And we've got a great uh, giveaway today. Chris, why don't you tell us about it?
2: Yeah, so uh, for the third time ever, we're hosting the Profitable PPC Challenge. This is a five-day event. It starts on September 18th. Um, that basically guarantees for a brand owner that they come out of these five days, uh, if they they join and they, they show up each day, completely transformed in their ability to produce results with PPC for their brand. And uh, we've done this two times before. It completely sold out both times, um, which makes these tickets pretty valuable because we actually cap it and we don't let any overflow in. And the reason is because we have a whole bunch of mentors that join Mm -hmm. and we keep an eight to one participant to mentor ratio. So the reason we do that is because, I mean, most groups and masterminds you you think of, they'll have about 10 times that 80 to one participant to mentor ratio. We have an eight to one. Participant to mentor ratio. So let that sink in. We have a bunch of mentors in here. Wow. And they they have the ability to really get to know people because of this eight to one ratio and go deep with them. So people can come in with their questions. People are up, uh, you know, coming in with very specific challenges with their campaigns and their accounts. And my mentors are like recording looms and recording voice notes for them and just really helping them out deeply each day and making sure that everyone has their own PPC transformation because our goal is that everyone that comes and shows up every day and consumes the content and posts their challenges and is very engaged comes out the other side of these five days with complete clarity about how to make PPC work for their brand and help them achieve their goals in their brand. So it's a big promise because PPC is something that people struggle with for years you know, and feel overwhelmed with and never want to touch and never really figure out. And we promise that in those five days, as long as they, they engage every day and they show up to the office hours and they show up to the sessions and they engage with the mentors, that they will come out completely transformed on the other end and with clarity about what to do. So this is a very special thing we do. I may not be doing it much longer, because i'm finding it's taking an enormous amount of my time personally and my team's time and their main job is to actually do ppc for our partners so uh, so we we might actually only do this pre-recorded you know uh, something like that in the future but for now it's still live it's a super cool high energy event two people two sellers cried two girls cried at the end of the last one in february because they were so sad that it was over so <laughs> that gives you an idea of how how deep we get um, and so we're giving away a ticket um, we have a limited number of tickets. Like I said, we cap it and we close it off once it's done and we're giving one away at this top of the hour lunch with norm session.
0: Perfect. That is awesome. And it's priceless. Like you get five days, eight to one yeah, or the other way, <laughs> yeah. but you know, you have these mentors in a very, uh, small, uh, what am I trying to, you know what, Chris, I, I say this usually every podcast, but I find myself saying this more and more. I'm getting old. I know what I want to say. I'm just uh, trying to get it out of my mouth. Uh, so maybe because of this mind meld we have, you could, you know, just, just do this for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, totally. I got you, bro. You could borrow my brain anytime.
0: All right. Very good. And who knows with AI, uh, this could uh, this could happen very quickly. But yeah. it's a great. Oh, here's Connie. Thank you, Connie. Um, it's a great opportunity to learn about PPC, to work with mentors and just major names in the industry that know their stuff. So yes, it's not only being able to take part in this, but I would really say that this is priceless for your business. So if you're interested, it's hashtag Wheel of Kelsey, tag two people, and you'll get a second entry. And thanks a lot for that giveaway today, Chris. Uh, that's awesome. And now let's have a word from our sponsor. We'll be right back. This episode of Lunch with Norm is sponsored by Shergo sure Marketing. Ready to take your brand to the next level on TikTok and Instagram? SureGo Marketing specializes in helping entrepreneurs and coaches build profitable brands on TikTok and Instagram and in less than 90 days. With Shergo sure Marketing, you can build your brand, create incredible video content, and increase leads without spending a single dime on ad spend. Visit ShergoMarketing.com today and elevate your brand. Now, let's get back to the show. One thing we forgot to talk about is: uh, Are there any prerequisites to going to uh, this event or this these classes?
2: Yes. So this event is only for active sellers. So if you're an aspiring seller or you plan on getting started. You will not be able to participate in this event because you. there are actual activities that we do with the sellers with their PPC to help them get their PPC in line like live as okay. we go through the five days. All right.
0: Great. Okay. Now I know we went through a few things uh, kind of out of sequence, but are there any hacks that you can give to the anybody listening right now to help with their brand defense that we haven't covered?
2: Yeah. Yeah, there are actually. There's some really little known or little implemented ones. Um, So one that people don't even realize is part of brand defense, because you think of brand defense is either ASIN targeting or keyword targeting, right? Those are two big buckets. There's a third bucket. It's hidden on the side. And uh, people don't realize that it's there because you have to click way down to actually find it. And it is... Refined category targeting defense. So when you do product category targeting on Amazon, it's another type of targeting, not not ASIN targeting, not keyword targeting. It's a a third type. When you go into category targeting, you can, through the refine option, if you click refine, you can actually target specific brands. So you're not targeting a keyword. You're not targeting an ASIN. You're targeting a brand. Hmm. So you can actually target your own brand. And this actually sometimes works really well. And, you know, so then the next logical question is, so how do I know then whether to do like ASIN targeting on my own ASIN specifically or category targeting? Well, one of the beautiful things about category targeting is it lets Amazon decide what's performing best on which listings. Whereas normally you have to target particular ASINs with your other ASINs. So you're determining exactly which ASINs show up on which ASINs category targeting is kind of a way for amazon to determine what formula especially for brands that have more products you know if i only have 3 products well i'm going to advertise all 3 of my pro- all my two products on my on that third product's listing for all of my products right that, i'm definitely going to do that but if i have a dozen or more products or even like once i get up to half a dozen or more i can do category targeting on my own brand and then let amazon determine which ASINs to advertise on which ASINs. And this can be really powerful. So it it can allow your brand defense campaigns to have more lean and efficient bids and and ad spend because you're targeting the right ASINs on the right other ASINs at the right time because Amazon is, is determining what to show where. But it will only advertise your ASIN on your own brand's other ASINs. So it's powerful. And uh, it's a type of brand defense campaign. Actually, I again, I don't think I've dealt with a single brand that has has had this set up properly before they came into our ecosystem. It's it's one of those that people just
0: don't even know exists. I've never seen it. So yeah, that's a awesome hack. Okay, so there, right there, there's just. The nugget, the nugget for the day, although we've already gone through, I saw some comments here that people are going to have to listen to this a second time because they're learning so much. But, yeah, I
2: talk fast sometimes.
0: Uh, you know, that that's awesome. Uh, it's a really great idea. Okay, now let's talk about, we've got listeners out there, they range from beginner all the way up to, you know, pretty, pretty large sellers. If they haven't set this up, what's the first thing they, they should do to get going with brand defense?
2: That's a great question. So the the most basic and effective type of brand defense that's like the most clicks you're going to get is sponsored product brand defense campaigns. So if you're just getting started with this, you don't have to worry about all the different types we talked about. You don't have to worry about setting them all up. Sponsored display brand defense, sponsored brand brand defense, and sponsored product brand defense. Focus on sponsored product first and make sure that you're owning your own branded search terms. It's likely going to be Low volume, you know, unless you're a very well known brand and you you have distribution in in retail and stuff like that, uh, or you've just been selling for a while, it's it's not going to be a super high volume. But people will be searching for your brand because when they buy it and they want another one, they're going to search for the brand's name, and uh, you know it can be pretty significant. For my own brand, you know, it's like fifteen thousand searches a month. It's like you know pretty significant. So and it builds up over time. So nail that first nail the branded search terms. And then once you have that, do ASIN targeted brand defense campaigns. And there's a way to set this up properly. And it's very simple. You go into sponsored products, advertise just one product. This is where people get messed up. They try to put a bunch of products, advertise a bunch of products, and then select only one target. But the problem with that is then you're messing up your data. You can't select, you know, portfolios in your campaign manager and see how that product is performing. So the way to do it is, you know, good good uh, organization of campaigns inside Amazon PPC is one portfolio per product advertised. Mm-hmm. So inside the portfolio, you select one product to advertise, but then put it on all of your other listings. So the targets you're going to put in multiple targets, but you're only going to put in one advertised products. And this is another mistake sellers make. They try to put in a lot of advertised products onto one target. And that does the same thing, but it makes it impossible for you to get the data back properly product by product. So one advertised product, all the targets. So say I have five products. I'm going to set up a campaign for product one, advertising product one. And then when I scroll down and I go to targeting, I'm going to select product targeting. And then uh, manually enter ASINs. And then in that box for the ASINs, I'm going to put my four other ASINs, one by one, and then select the box that says exact. And that's all you do. Your brand defense campaign is now set up. Yep.
0: Okay, very good. Okay, now I've got a couple other questions. And the next one is about an example. What's a great example of a brand that's doing this? Well,
2: so uh, if you've heard of the brand Zesty Paws, this is one of the most, um, like, biggest and most successful exits in Amazon brand history. Mm-hmm. Uh, the founder, AJ, was actually my previous customer at my product launch company, Judo Launch. We launched his, his previous brand, Instant Naturals. And uh, so this brand was sold for $600 million. Wow. And there are a lot of things that it did well. Um and one of those is excellent brand defense. If you go on a Zesty Paws listing and you scroll down, all you see are ads for other Zesty Paws products. I mean, it's like, and and they're really good. They, they have like this bright orange, bright purple, like yeah. color scheme. So it just jumps out at you. It's like, you're basically guaranteed not to click off of a listing once you go on a Zesty Paws <laughs> listing. Oh, it's a wow. great example. So, people at home, I'd recommend you search that and and kind of study it as a as a shining example of great brand defense.
0: Oh, that's great. So, when people say it's too expensive, uh, you can come back with Zesty Paws.
2: Yeah, exactly. Too expensive <laughs> to uh, not have a six hundred million dollar exit. No, I don't yeah. think so.
0: <laughs> All right, and now another area that I always like to talk about. Our expectations. So, what can brand or brand defense, what, what are the expectations that sellers, uh, what what can they expect?
2: Well, you're going to be paying an A cost of anywhere in the range of 10% to the, in the most competitive categories, 40, 40%, sometimes more if it's really crazy or consumable uh, products can be higher, but it's usually going to be a relatively low A cost, but not crazily low. Okay. so and and this is what makes brands not want to do it because they're like oh I just paid for the click that it would have gotten anyway in my organic search for my own brand but you know as we said before you just paid to not have that listing click by someone else so expect to have a cost that's relatively low but not so insanely low and just keep in mind that the benefit that you get from these campaigns is not all about the a cost average cost of sale for those of you in the that are beginners um it's it's not just about the the a cost that you're spending and the the cost per click it's about what you didn't what didn't happen and that's completely an unseen benefit that you only end up seeing in, in bundled in with your organic sales because someone didn't click off your listing and ended up buying your product and there's no way for you to measure that but that is what this is actually doing so that's that's what you can expect, and if you, if you, uh, if you get this really, really good, and you start doing brand defense campaigns really well on all of your products, and you start getting the different types going, and you get sponsored brand brand defense campaigns, sponsored display brand defense campaigns, you can find that your average order value can increase. Uh, so your average order value can increase over time, and also your conversion rate can go up because you're losing less of these sales. And people are staying in your ecosystem longer, so those are the some some of the some of the additional benefits that you can get there. Okay, very good.
0: All right, Kels, I think we have a few questions, comments. You want to start shooting them on the screen?
1: We sure do. Um, all right. So our first question is from Akatva. Uh, I have my shipments checked in for Christmas products. I launched PPC campaigns, but now there's no search volume. Should I turn on all campaigns or pause the campaigns until search volume increases?
2: So no search volume for your branded search terms makes sense um, because people probably searched for your brand, found that it was out of stock, and then they sort of gave up. So you don't have to put the brand defense campaigns live if there's no search volume for them and they're not getting clicks. Uh, you know, it's it's not it's not a super high leverage use of your time for the keyword. You could still do brand defense on the ASINS because all of the the traffic that you get on the ASINS. Has the possibility to be clicked off to another competitor, so it's always good for you to have the asins for the keyword ones. If you want to, you know, wait and use your your ad spend um, on the search terms with actual volume, I would, I would definitely, I would do that and get it going again because people probably just, if you were out of stock for that long, probably just, uh, probably just gave up. But if you're talking about no search volume on your primary keywords, that's a whole different story, and that. Definitely shouldn't be the case. There should be search volume for some, some keyword that leads to purchase of the product. But we actually have had brands that were brand new inventions that we sold on Amazon that had no search volume for any keyword. There were no keywords for this product because it was brand new. Now, I'm thinking of one in particular, but we've done this quite a few times. So we did this one that was kind of like this um, app slash device that was for personal protection. And it really didn't fit into any category. There was no search term that really described it that had any kind of search volume. And what we did was we ended up going hard on the uh, browse style ads. So this is ads that pop up mostly on listings, but around Amazon. And that's mostly sponsored display and sponsored brand ads. And we just went really hard on that, trying to show videos, trying to show custom images... Um, and doing really hard ASIN targeting with really specific messaging. And, uh, and it worked. We were able to get traction for this brand. Even though Amazon is primarily a search-based platform, not a browse-based platform, people don't really go there just to click around and, and see random stuff. They're mostly searching for stuff. We were able to steal the eyeballs because of how unique and how valuable this product actually was. So there are ways to do it. When you're search volume, you're in a category where there's less search volume, but you have an epic product.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, Our next question is from Tony. Uh, I've been retargeting my own potential purchasers on Amazon on 7 days, 14 days, and 30 days. Mm -hmm. Although the clicks are pretty cheap sometimes, like 30 cents, I haven't seen a lot of conversions, sometimes Mm -hmm. with over 100 clicks. In Canada, I got sales, uh, three sales so far.
2: Mm, Interesting. Yeah, so this is where you've done the the work up front tony to find out where the problem is and this is this is where you're you're already on the right track here because you know most times you know brand owners know that there's a problem but they don't know where it is in the funnel you know you're getting clicks so your click through rate is healthy where the issue is is your your conversion and so what tony's talking about is actually it's similar and related to brand defense but it's not exactly that it's retargeting so Tony's talking about sponsored display remarketing campaigns. Um, and that is a type of campaign where you can target shoppers who have landed on your listing uh, later on. So if they landed on your listing, but they didn't buy, you could target them down the line days later um, to try to get them to come back on your listing and make the purchase decision. So some of the things you could do, Tony, because you know that the conversion is the issue, not the click-through rate, is do a, an audit of the listing to find out if there are unanswered questions on there and try to answer them somehow for, for whatever reason, because the, these ads are only being shown to people who, who saw your listing and then clicked off in the last seven days, 14 days and 30 days. Um, okay. So actually let me rewind for a second. First thing you have to do to determine the actual problem is split these campaigns with these different look back periods into three different campaigns so that you can isolate how each one is performing. So again, to get everyone on the same page here, when you're doing retargeting campaigns on Amazon Sponsor Display, there's something called the look-back period. And that's how far, how long ago someone must have landed on your listing in order for Amazon to retarget them with your ads. So a seven-day look-back period means in the last seven days, somebody landed on my listing, uh, so I'm going to target them with ads. But if they were before that, they're not getting targeted. A 14-day look-back period means someone landed on my listing somewhere in the last 14 days, and um, and now I'm targeting them. And 30 days is sometime in the last 30 days. So Tony, make sure that you isolate those in different campaigns because then you'll know which lookback period is working best. And if you're doing views remarketing, try purchase remarketing. If you're trying purchase remarketing, try views remarketing and try all different lookback periods. And then you'll get the one that's actually working best. Once you've got that down, you've got good data. Now you want to do an audit of the listing and find out from the shopper's perspective, if they visited your listing and clicked off, first of all, why'd they click off? And why is it that when you're getting them back on the listing, they're not converting? There's something going on. There's some kind of unanswered question. Or maybe you have competitors that are advertising on your ASIN with really compelling uh, ads or custom video ads that show some feature they have that you don't have. And they end up clicking off because of that. Or there's, there's something that's not being communicated properly in the imagery, the A-plus content, the brand story module or the, uh, the text in the ad. So do your audit of the ad from the eyes of the shopper and try to determine what that is. And also look at the other ads being shown in your listing. Are they all for a much lower price? So people come in the listing and they just see the, another product that's the same and it's way, way lower price and higher star rated, and they're clicking off of that, that could be happening as well. But put yourself in the, in the shoes of the shopper, do a deep audit of everything about the listing, split those look back periods into different campaigns, and then start testing you you will be able to get to the bottom of it it sometimes it takes tenacity but now you've figured out the problem right it's not the click-through rate it's the conversion rate um, for for these particular campaigns and this is going to be an excellent exercise for you that will affect all your other campaigns as well
1: all right okay we got two more questions uh this one is from wish i was mark cuban uh is there a way to do brand defense ppc if you only have one product
2: yeah, so you can do brand defense. You just can't do ace and targeted brand defense. So the type of brand defense campaigns that you can do if you only have one product are keyword targeted brand brand defense campaigns where you target people who are searching for your brand. So if your brand was Wish I Was Mark Cuban Coffee Mugs, then you're going to target the keywords related that have, you'll do a broad match, sorry, phrase match with your brand name, Wish I Was Mark Cuban, so anything that has that full brand name in it, you're advertising on, whether there's words before it or after it, and uh, let Amazon determine what all the specific search terms are, but you have phrase match so that you know, no matter what, if it has my brand name in it, I'm advertising on it. And set a relatively, you know, actually in the very beginning of these campaigns, it's helpful to do up and down bidding to make sure that you're bidding the right amount to win the click. And then once you see what your average bid is over time, you can then change to fixed or down only bids and adjust them as time goes on to kind of hone it and sharpen it down.
1: Okay, last question. Okay, last question is from Tony. Uh, Hi, Chris. What are your top AI tools you are currently using?
2: Oh, cool. Wow, nice question, Tony. Yeah, so um, top AI tools I'm using right now, I'm using read.ai, which has completely transformed... uh, how we communicate inside the company where it basically jumps into your meetings and it creates a whole bunch of stuff from the meeting. It records the meeting. It makes like this super cut of the meeting. It gives you like actions and conclusions from the meeting. It gives you like the, the summary of the most important topics discussed in the meeting, questions that are unanswered from it, action items. It's really useful. And you know what we used to do is just record all our Zoom meetings and send out the recording. No one watches those. Come on. Who's watching replays of Zoom meetings? Get out of here, <laughs> dude. It's not happening. So we recorded them all. Nobody ever watched them. Now that we have this, you can kind of spend just a couple minutes to see what happened on the meeting that you missed. And especially as the CEO of a company, I have 27 full-time employees. I I can't be on every meeting. But sometimes right. I do want to see how what happened in there. So it's it's a very valuable tool. So that's one. uh Chachi BT is my my top. I mean, I still have it like just high, I use it every single day. I have it highlighted. It's it's in my Chrome tab and it's an app on my phone. Um, but I've also started experimenting with Claude, which is very similar. I to love Chachi Claude. BT. You do?
0: Do you like it better than ChatGPT, Norm? Uh, depends on what I'm doing. If it's sort of long form, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'm trying to write this fiction novel. Cool. Almost impossible on ChatGPT, but I have all these references. So I've got mm. the atmosphere, the settings, the mm. character descriptions, and like there's about twenty different things, and it's got to constantly go back and check. Claude, no problem. ChatGPT, major issue.
2: Mm. So how it, do you do it with Claude? How how, are, how is it getting the references?
0: So what I'm doing is I start off by setting up and and creating the characters okay so or the description or the atmosphere you can start wherever you want Uh, well first of all you have to start with an outline and then you ask about the outline it gives you the answer and then okay uh you put it onto a document and then you refer back to the document and then you ask it about uh the next section so it might be character development and then you go through each character and as you're adding all of these onto your document you ask it to refer back to the document as you create your atmosphere add that and then you Mm. do the next layer and the next layer and because uh claude can read uh words it's killer in in the document that you link in there or
2: in the chat itself no,
0: yeah. Okay. yeah. So in the, in the document, it, it will read 75,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll refer back to that and then it will uh, provide an update. So I've just found it so much easier to do. Um, you Very can then take that information and put it into chat GPT and mm-hmm. see, you know what it comes up with. So you could just say that you're, um, that, that this is the information Uh, act as blah, 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 blah. You might say like uh, J.D. Salinger and, you know, what it's going to come up with, the tone and, you know, just basically when you're writing a novel, what you need to know. And it can expand on that. And then you can just go back, put it into your, uh, into your document.
2: So really
0: cool what you can do with it.
2: I The reason that I use it is because of the input, the, the text input limits being so much higher. Yeah, you just analyze so much more. You can put a whole contract in there, you know, like a 15 page contract and it'll take it, you know? So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the main reason I keep going back to it as well. So yeah, it's a good one.
0: Okay. Now you have to go right at one o'clock, don't you? Uh, I
2: have a little, little bit of flex, a little
0: wiggle room. room? Okay. Yeah, little All little right. Room. Great. Okay. So we could talk a ton about AI. I think we are up at the top of the hour. I can't believe we're already uh I, I thought we'd have about 15 minutes to talk about AI. I know. But if you do have any other um tools that you're looking at, uh you know, we we've got about a minute before uh we can move on to the wheel.
2: Oh man, a minute. That's that's very quick. <laughs> um yeah, uh so in terms there's so many tools that I'm just experimenting with, but I Like, you know, for instance, many of the apps that I already use are integrating AI into it very effectively. Yeah. So I'll experiment with pretty much any tool that like somebody recommends to me that they say is working well, but none of them have made it into my daily routine Mm -hmm. except for a few core ones, uh, which are the ones I just mentioned, Read AI, Claude, ChatGPT. I also use Notion and Notion's AI has been working has been super helpful because we write our whole internal PPC libraries inside notion mm-hmm. um, notions integrated AI has been really valuable. The same with Canva Canva yeah. you know, has got, got its own AI, which is, you know, already super helpful. And honestly, I'm still using like the, I guess what now would be called like the old school AI uh, image generation tools like mid journey. I just used it to design all of the artwork for our new website. And uh, it came out so cool. Like uh, I, re- I really, really loved it. And what one of the prompts that I used was Ghibli style adventure, and then like what I wanted to show. Uh, and it's like Studio Ghibli, like anime style, but it was like very like unique and a little bit more like sharp and realistic. And ended up it's like a muted background on our website, so it's yep. not like in the forefront. But I don't know how I would have done that otherwise. I would have had to pay for some license, you know, for know some some expensive license for like some real anime artists or something so but uh yeah and then i so i'm also using uh a few apps on my phone ai related apps i use um an app called captions that allows you to do like uh read off of your phone and then it readjusts your eyes so that it doesn't look like you're reading um ah. which is really useful for like you know uh portrait videos. Yep. Um, it's pretty cool pretty cool pretty useful especially if you do a lot of video content like us Norm um, and I use uh, I use Lenza which got viral at the end of last year for the avatars
0: yeah when I was yeah. posting
2: all these avatars I actually use it for our our photos because it's like AI photo retouching and we when we, you know we post a lot of visual content as well so I use that um, yeah I don't know I could I could go on and on I'm experimenting with a lot of stuff but it's infrequent that it actually makes it into my daily routine i say the ones that i i mentioned are the ones that i actually use daily
0: have you uh seen motion
2: motion is that the one of the video ai video generation
0: no it's a task manager that while you're doing things throughout your day it's completely taking over your calendar your tasks Mm. what you do it's uh, time management if you're off and you need to do something for an A schedule, it'll interrupt and say, You got to do this. And so Ooh. it kind of keeps you on track. So Very cool. I don't know a lot about it. I'm just, that's one I'm just diving into. But the other thing, uh, when you talk about Chat GPT and why it's so powerful, we've got all the plugins, like yeah, Zapier, exactly. You know, Zapier, uh, reading PDF files. Like there's a lot of things. Oh, my favorite my favorite is code interpreter. Now they've renamed it, but I get all sorts of, it's not just for Excel spreadsheets. It could be for a document. It could be for almost anything to summarize and code interpreter probably by far is my, my favorite, um, my, my favorite go-to but I've got a bunch of plugins that I, I have now for um, ChatGPT4. You have to have Plus, but yeah. um, it just keeps getting better and better.
2: It does. It's awesome. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, outstanding. I think it's, we're getting close to the point. I can't remember what the name of it was, but I was experimenting with this little app inside uh, Chrome a while ago that Andrew uh, introduced to me inside our little AI chat. And um, it was using a number of different tools to accomplish tasks for you. It mm-hmm. would even like, you know, it would submit forms on websites, interact with customer support of different companies. Like it would do complex tasks, hmm. uh, but it would always get hung up somewhere. So it never really, could it was called God mode or something like that. It it could never really fully complete the task, but you could see it would leave a log of what it did. It would be like, called this message, left a voicemail, submitted a <laughs> uh, uh a ticket and blah, blah 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 went back and forth via email got an email reply and you're like holy shit we're getting to the point where like you might actually have pretty soon and this this tool was like pretty astounding but it wasn't quite there to actually be trusted to do t- tough things we're getting to the point where you can literally at some point just say like uh you know i need someone to i need a contractor to like come in and like fix my my uh my toilet next wednesday and that's all yeah. you ever say and then next wednesday the person is there and they know all the details and they've already done the negotiation and already done the terms and the payment is handled and all that stuff it's crazy we're just and well, it'll be a robot
0: it. that shows up yeah true <laughs> yeah true <laughs> who knows who knows yeah. okay so let's see uh it is the top of the hour just passed and we're doing the wheel of Kelsey. You got 30 seconds. If you're interested in uh, taking part in Chris's PC, uh, PPC challenge, uh, he's giving away a, uh, a ticket to that. It's a five day uh, event. And I've heard in the past from other people that it is awesome. So if you do win uh, this is going to be priceless. So hashtag wheel of Kelsey, Tag two people, you'll get a second entry and Kelsey over to a sponsor. This episode of lunch with Norm is sponsored by rebate attention sellers and brand owners want to reach more shoppers and boost sales rebates platform connects sellers with shoppers seeking great deals on new products. They make it easy to offer promotions, handle rebates and ensure seamless redemptions with countless reviews from satisfied customers rebate is the go-to solution to increase your sales visit rebate.com today and start reaching more shoppers now let's get back to the show okay so it's that time and i think we had a ton of people watching today
1: yes should have a big wheel all right yes we do we got lots lots of entries today and uh yeah let's throw it over to the wheel and see who the winner is. It's time for the Wheel of Kelsey. All right. All right. Thank you, everyone, for entering today's Wheel of Kelsey. Uh, we do this every single podcast. And let's see who today's winner is. Shuffle these up. Okay. If you are the winner, please email me, kate, at lunchwithnorm.com. And it looks like it's ooh, Redbeard. Oh, you got
0: it. All right, Redbeard.
1: Congrats. And congratulations. Uh, reach out to me and we'll uh, connect you with your prize.
0: Okay, that's it. You're off the hook, Chris. Uh, it's uh, It was awesome having you on. Want more great information? Don't forget to subscribe by clicking here. Also, if you want to check out our latest podcasts, click over here.
1: 100, 100, 100.